Welcome to That One Suicide Girl's podcast. I'm Penny Suicide, That One Suicide Girl, and I'll be your hostess. Joining me for episode six is Johnny Kelly, drummer of Typo Negative, Danzig, A Pale Horse Named Death, Silver Tomb, and Kill Devil Hill. I'll get to chatting with him in just a minute, but first I'd like to shout out suicidegirls.com. If you're not a member, you should join our awesome online community where we are redefining beauty. $29 for a whole year with our stay-at-home special. That's right, $29 for an entire year gets you access to not only my pinup photo sets, but thousands of my super hot friends all over the world. You can join the forums, read our blogs, and get to know us better, or shoot us a DM. What are you waiting for? I want to see you there. Link will be in the bio. Please sign up after the podcast. I'm going to play a taste of typo negative so you can hear Johnny's drumming and get a feel for what they're like. Then we will jump into the podcast. Enjoy! Joining me today is Johnny Kelly, drummer of Typo Negative, Danzig, Hookers and Blow. Awesome title, by the way. <laughs> awesome name. Uh, how are you doing, Johnny? I'm doing okay. How are you? Very good. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you Thank for you joining me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Jinx. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm I'm way stoked about this because uh, Typo Negative and Danzig are two of my all-time favorite bands. So That's I'm, great to hear. I'm cheesing out <laughs> hardcore right now. I'm actually wearing a, a Peter Steele shirt currently. Okay. So yeah, a little, little bit of a fan, you could say. Uh, but <laughs> I got all dressed up for the interview. <laughs> it Get never it. gets old. No, it doesn't. It's like so classic <laughs> and timeless. Um, really, really awesome. So uh, out of the bands that you've played in, do you have like a favorite genre style of drumming that you've done? Uh uh, as far as like the drumming style, I've, you know, typo was my favorite. That was the Aww. one, you know, like that was, that would, that will always be my favorite. I, I think, you know, I mean, I'm 52. There isn't much time left. So that, oh my gosh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't see, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, but it, it was, it, that was, that was my favorite. Cause it, it, uh, musically it covered a lot of ground. Well, yeah, I mean, really and, iconic. You guys were what the fir- one of the first uh, platinums for like Roadrunner records. We I think. were uh, we were Roadrunner's first gold record. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. Bloody Kisses eventually went platinum, but it didn't go platinum until a few years later. For a little sure, bit later. Oh, that's yeah. so awesome. And bl- I think I think Nickelback gave them their first platinum record. Ew, gross. Yeah, no. It's either Nickelback or uh, or Slipknot. <laughs> Oh man! Okay. I think it was. It might have been Nickelback. I would respect Slipknot more, but I, <laughs> you know, I digress. Um, <laughs> no, you can't. You can't hate the the player or whatever. No, but we, but we were the like the first band to have any kind of uh, uh, plaque yeah. for uh, for Roadrunner. Yeah, that's an awesome like that's that's an awesome accomplishment. It um, was uh, at the time. It was it was pretty. Uh, pretty wild like you know pretty pretty crazy and uh you know like for, for us it was uh you know we we were just working you know just uh, just going out touring and just playing as much as possible and uh, you know we were aware of what was going on like you know as far as like statistics and things like that and like you know we knew it was getting close but it, it was also you know for uh, roadrunner it was a big learning curve for them as well, 
you know, the label, mm-hmm. they, uh, they hadn't had a, a, an artist that had uh, achieved that. Exactly. So they were like, you know, it was like, a, it was for everyone, it was a learn as you go kind of thing. <laughs> There's no handbook to becoming a rock star, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's just all on the job experience. Right, yeah, right, on the job training. <laughs> <laughs> was there a moment when you realized that you're like, oh shit, I'm a fucking rock star now? Like, was there any like aha moment that you had? Uh, when I saw us on Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. They, did they animate you yeah. for the show then? No, that was or- like a, a, during the show, uh, like they would watch videos they would of bands and they would either like, you know, like hate them or, or oh. uh, you know, like them. Did they like you? Thankfully, yes. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's you know, fun. You know, at, at that time, they had a lot of Beavis and Butthead, believe it or not, two cartoon characters had a lot of influence. <laughs> no, they had clout. They had clout yeah. like back before clout was even a thing. No, I, I yeah. definitely know that was like, um, yeah, that's like an iconic fun thing. It'd be like the equivalent kind of, of like being on like SNL almost yeah. or something I mean, like that it, 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 the, the, for a the, cooler generation, you know, yeah, it more was, your target uh, they, audience probably. They either like, you know, they either built a band or they, they destroyed a band. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead seal of approval. <laughs> yeah. And if they hated you, that was it. You were finished. You're like, oh man, my band's lame. <laughs> and so I was, it was funny at the time I was in a, I was hanging out in a bar in Hollywood okay. with, a, with my ex-wife. Which bar? Do you remember? Uh, I don't even remember. Uh, it was on. Uh... Wow, I can't even. It was, you know, mind you, this is 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, and probably during a lot of rock star shenanigans. So your memory uh, might be a little fuzzy. Just, uh, what was it? Was it on Vine? It was like near the Avalon. Okay. I was just curious. like Daddies was... or something like that. Okay. And, uh, so the Beavis and Butthead is on on a television in the bar without any, uh, you know, the noise is off. Like, you know, there's music playing right. and they have like, you know, TVs and they're playing Beavis and Butthead in the bar. And I turned around to my ex-wife at the time. I was like, it'd be crazy if they started, you know, if they put us on here. And as soon as it came out of my <laughs> mouth, I saw I saw us on the show and I was like, oh, ah, shit. Cosmic. That's yeah. so awesome. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I was and. uh so that my ex-wife was like, tell the bartender, turn the sound up, like, you know, yeah. turn, turn the music, you know, let's, let's hear it. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I just hope that they like us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Cause it was like, at the time it was like shock and then panic. Right. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. This is really cool. And then you're like, shit, and what are this, they going to say? This could be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and this was typo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This was uh, the black number one video. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Ooh, and, uh, <laughs> and thankfully they liked it. I like, you know, they, you know, whatever started like goofing on Peter's baritone voice and stuff. And, yeah. You know, thankfully they liked it. And I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Do you have a yeah. favorite, um, typo negative song? Uh, each personally, it, 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 I have a bunch. Yeah. Or is it like, you know, you know what people like say usually about their like kids, one, you can't like choose a favorite one. You love them all. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, there, uh, it's kind of like snapshots in time. Yeah. So like, uh, when I'm listening, when I hear a typo song, Mm -hmm. like a lot of times I'm not really listening to the song itself. Sure. As, as I'm, you know, thinking more back to what was going on when we were making the songs. Yes. 
So it, it represents something completely different to me than. Yeah, than, as, a, uh, as a creator, as like a contributor of that. Um, yeah, it represents something totally different to me than uh, other people listening to it. Very cool. So, and, uh, so, so each each like record small. has like you know has moments on it where I was like that was great. Mm, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and and the opposite end of that as well, where I'm like, oh my god, why why did we put that on the record? <laughs> oh well, you know, it's like sometimes you you have to have ones that make the other ones look you know good. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh i don't know i'm not a musician so i've never had to write a song but um yeah that's fun uh and then danzig as well like how did you get into uh playing for danzig uh well typo negative had toured with danzig okay in 95 and a few years later i had seen that um I just saw, like, you know, like on the uh, heavy metal, like music news wires that Joey C had left Dantic to join uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Mm -hmm. And I also saw that they had a, a European tour coming up within weeks. So I was trying to reach out to people. I had people, I knew people that worked for, that were working for Dantic that used to work for Typo Negative. Oh, okay. The so, crew guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so and you that, were like a drum tech for Typo before you became a drummer for them, right? Yeah, uh, briefly. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We did. We had a couple of. There was a couple of like long distance, faraway shows, long distance drives that uh, I worked with the band. I only worked for a cup, maybe like one or two local shows. Okay. But uh, it was more when they needed people. They needed help, like driving. There was a show in L.A., so we drove from New York to L.A. to do one show. Oh my god, that's so long to drive. Yeah, but it was such a great time. It did, we did <laughs> we we took like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a little rock star road trip there for you. Yeah, we jumped in a van and just drove cross country. Probably one of the best times I've ever had in my life. Oh, that like is there like anything that really stands out from that? Uh, the van breaking down. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's what you don't want to have happen, yeah. actually. <laughs> but it was, it's a different time. You know, you, um, I was like, I don't know, 22 years old, 23 years old, young, no responsibilities, nothing. Right. Just jumped in a van with a bunch of guys and drove cross country. Okay. And then you were not like, yeah. it wasn't like GPS was a thing. So you're using like No, maps. no, we had maps. Yeah. Oh my God. Maps I can't even imagine doing that. No cell phones or oh. anything. So like when the van did break down, like in the high AAA. desert. Yeah, we had to walk like a couple of us, uh, no. a couple of guys walked no. to a gas station like a few miles away. And, oh. <laughs> yeah. and we got stuck in Barstow for four days. I don't even know where that is. It's it's about 150 miles outside of Los Angeles. Okay. So basically, so we were almost, almost there. there. Almost made oh, it there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's thankful that it was on the last leg of the road trip and not like in the middle, and you didn't get yeah. stuck. And in, then like, on the on Iowa. the way home, on the way home from LA, we were uh, driving through. We were going to. I guess we were on our way to like the Grand Canyon. Okay. We're like, let's go to the Grand Canyon <laughs> while we're driving. Oh, okay. And so we were like right outside of Vegas and it was nighttime and the headlights kept on shutting off, shutting <laughs> off and like turning back on and shutting off. And it was like, well, we can't drive like this overnight. Mm -hmm. so In a possessed gonna, van. <laughs> the van was totally cursed. Yeah. 
and we uh, kind of fits the band aesthetic though i don't know like <laughs> goes with the whole gothic metal thing <laughs> and we uh what you call it what happened so we were like, well, we guess we're going to have to stay in Las Vegas for a night. I had never been to Las Vegas. None fun, of us had. I fun. don't think any of us had. So ah. we went to, we spent the night in Las Vegas, total chaos. And it was a lot, a lot of laughs. Then we went to the Grand Canyon and then eventually made our way home. But uh, it was stuff like that. I didn't, I wouldn't say that I was like, you know, part of the crew, but I, I did work for the band. Yeah. Yeah. I worked on the van. <laughs> Before I joined the band, <laughs> yeah, you're the the van and the drum tech. Cool. They would they would bring the van to me and my friend to oh, work on it. <laughs> shut up! Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. that's so funny. And uh, where was I? What was I got sidetracked? What were Vegas. we talking about? You partied no, in Vegas. Before that, oh, before Danzig. That, before, I asked right, about Danzig. Danzig. Right. And I okay, said, how so, did you get there? And then you said that yeah. Typo and Danzig, uh, mutual people, had worked for both bands, and you right. saw that they were in need of a drummer. And so I reached out. European tour. Right. So I reached out to uh, my friends that that worked for them to uh-huh. see if 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 they wanted if they could use me to do the tour. Right. Like you know, just to fill in or you know something sure. like that. Like a hired gun, just for that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, while that was happening, my name had been brought up to them through other people. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I was suggested. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> So while they were trying to get in touch with me, I was trying to get in touch with them. Oh, great. That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got a phone call from Glenn's assistant and I was like, did you get, did you hear from so-and-so? Blah, blah, blah. He was like, no, I got your number from so-and-so. I was like, oh, all right. Cause I was trying to reach out. Well, cool. It's like the universe just like plopped <laughs> yeah. you guys in each other's laps. And so we, uh, I went out to LA, did my audition. Were you nervous for that? Uh, or had you been drumming so much at that point that you didn't really get nervous anymore? No, I wasn't really so much worried about uh, uh, drumming, more about like uh, being being prepared enough for the audition. Okay. You know, like if I was going to play typo negative songs, I could easily walk in and play typo negative songs. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, dancing songs, it's a little bit different. Sure. You know, a lot to know in a short amount of time as well. I only had it like, you know, like a, f- a few days. Oh, to learn those songs. Wow. Yeah. And so the audition went fine. I go home. They decided that they had wanted to go with somebody local because they were based out of Los Angeles and I was in New York. Mm-hmm. And so they they went with this other guy. They had a couple of shows out west before they were going to Europe. They had like, I don't know, like one in L.A. and one in Phoenix or something like that. Something close by. After those shows, I got the call back saying, hey, can you do the tour? This guy didn't work out. Can you do it? Oh, good. And so I went went to Europe with Glenn, Mm -hmm. went with the band, got through it. And uh, that was in 2002. That's awesome. And then (laughs) have you been drumming kind of ever since for for them? Uh, Pretty much after that, like in 2003... Uh, Glenn wanted to have his own drummer. He didn't want to share a drummer with another band. He wanted somebody that could be just dedicated to Danzig. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that there wouldn't be any scheduling conflicts or anything like that. Right. So that's when uh, Bevan Davies came in. And uh, Bevan stayed in the band, I guess it was about a year. And he did the uh, Circle of Snakes record. Mm-hmm. And then after the record was recorded... Glenn had called me up 
and said, you know, do you want to come play? You know, you know, Bevin's leaving. Do you want to come, come out? And that was 2004. And it's been like that since. Oh, cool. Okay. There was only, there was only a couple of instances where uh, schedules conflicted. Sure. Like when type when typo negative was active, I think I missed like two trips out of the last uh, sixteen years. Yeah, that's a long time then. So then it just it just kind of meshed or it vibed well. Like you guys like all get along together, obviously. Oh yeah, we get along great. That's awesome. Everybody gets along fine. This lineup that Glenn has with uh, me, Steve Zing, and Tommy Victor. Mm-hmm. I think it's a thing where it's like everybody's a. Uh, we're all East Coast people. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because it's like yeah. the East Coast scene um, and stuff. And like you got you're from Brooklyn. And then yeah. um, I think what Danzig's from like New Jersey. Yeah. And, yeah. and Steve. Yeah. They yeah. both came from uh, they're both from Lodi. Mm-hmm. So and, I think uh, that's so Tommy, cool. Tommy's from New York also. Wow. OK. So, yeah, you just yeah. got this like East Coast powerhouse thing going. And, and, well, it's a very East Coast like uh, the way that we get along. <laughs> yeah. And. I think, you know, with that, I think that's why Glenn has been able to pretty much stabilize his lineup. Sure. You know, with the band. And we've been playing together for so long. It's funny. It's like we won't play together for uh, months at a time. Uh-huh. In between tour or shows or whatever. Just like, yeah, like Glenn doesn't uh, tour as much as, as he used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year he was very busy with the Misfits. Yep. This year we have COVID nineteen. Yeah, every, so nobody's touring. <laughs> everything got everything got postponed to next year. Sure. But uh, I mean, it's funny. I've, I've said it to Steve and, and many times. We don't we don't play together for a long time. We get together and it sounds the same. Yeah, that's great that you. Can it just... doesn't get it doesn't get worse. It doesn't get better. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> but it stays exactly the same. <laughs> It's just well preserved, you know. It's yeah. just well preserved. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Oh, is that, have you played any like amazing audiences or shows in your life? Like, do you have any shows that are just completely iconic to you that like really stand out as far as uh, your career performances go? Uh, yeah. There's a there's a number of them. Uh. Do tell. <laughs> the first time we played uh, Dynamo in Holland in 95. Okay. It was like a... And this is Typo? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, there was like 135,000 people there and stuff. And the band was, was just starting to uh, gain some popularity. Yeah, and like Rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like, at the time, it was like one of the biggest shows we ever played. Cool. And, and they the band, take their metal very seriously over there, don't they? Uh, yeah, they don't fuck around. No. <laughs> no, no. And so that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, uh, we played, when we played uh, Nassau Coliseum in New York with Pantera. Yeah. You know, the band was kind of at the height of their popularity. That would be really fun. And, uh, you know, sort of play an arena at home. Yeah. That's what I dreamed about as a kid. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. And then uh, a year later, we headlined the Nassau Coliseum. Mm -hmm. So that was cool, too. 
playing Giant Stadium in New York was was kind of cool. It was kind of bittersweet because that was on Ozfest, and uh, that was at the time when um, Giant Stadium didn't want Marilyn Manson playing, so they canceled they canceled the show. Oh, that's weird. And, and then Ozzy and Marilyn Manson took Giant Stadium to court and won. Good. So they had to put the show on. Yeah, freedom of speech, motherfuckers. So then they, uh, to counter that, they said, okay, uh, this is a security risk. The whole show has to be finished by 9.30 at night. Oh, what, like early cutoff. Yeah, so right, they canceled. Dad. Boring. So they, they canceled <laughs> all the, uh, there was like a second stage for OzFest. They canceled the second stage and they cut all the sets short for every everyone on the main stage. Okay. So Just normally, to still fit people in. Normally we were supposed to play at like like seven, seven thirty at night. Mm-hmm. We wound up going on at three thirty. Oh. They didn't make they didn't make any announcements that the show was being uh, <gasps> you know shortened or anything. So like when we were playing oh. You know, like the the place was practically empty. Shit. <laughs> yeah, and and they were like, you could see, like, you know, when they when when we started playing, you could see people trying to run in to get to the yeah, you know to get to like, the stage. They're like typos playing. Yeah. They're all like, and, and our set was cut. Their beer. <laughs> they cut everybody's. They shortened everyone's set, so we got to play like three songs. Oh. Yeah. So it was kind of bittersweet. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, here we are, giant stadium, you know, the biggest stadium in my neighborhood, you know, right. where I live. Right. And it was, uh, you know, we got treated like crap. Oh, boo. <laughs> boo on them. Um, they didn't know what they're missing out on. Yeah. But there's been a couple of, uh, like you know, like uh, playing some, um, you know, like historic arenas and stuff like that. Like, you know, I played the forum in L.A. That was pretty, that was really cool. Uh, what else? Played Jones Beach in New York. You know, a lot of a lot of the standout ones to me are the ones that we played, like, in, you know, at home. Mm-hmm. Well, that's got to be so cool, um, because obviously you said you got into drumming when you were younger, probably as, like, a kid then, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so who did you look look up to when you were growing up as as far as drummers well, when, go? I, when I was a kid it was uh, Peter Chris Kiss. Ah uh-huh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, Definitely. Uh, you know, I was I was a kid in the 70s. <laughs> Fun. And I was it Kiss Alive changed everything. Yeah. And uh you know, like they always like in interviews like when I was a kid they talk about playing Madison Square Garden Yeah. And I always wanted to play the garden, never got to play the garden. Yet. <laughs> Well, I don't know. If they, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if that's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm like that glasses half full person, uh, mm. so I'm like, you know, never don't cross it off yet. Um, <laughs> okay, but, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like throw that positivity your way. Um, yeah, I, like you know, now, like you know, like where I am in my career, I'm really just grateful to be able to do what I'm doing. Right. You know, so if I'm playing. Uh, you know, playing at a big festival or playing at a, you know, a shitty bar. <laughs> it's all the same. It's, it's, you know, it's still fun. Yeah. yeah. You're still rocking out. Hmm. So fun. Yeah. It's not a, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't get picky. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd rather play than, than not, you know, well then like, you know, like to do something else, you know, to earn a living. 
Right. Yeah, I, I, that's what I tell. That's what I've been telling my kids for years. It was, it was like you know, you know, doing you know, having a job and making lots of money. You know, having a good job. You know, making lots of money isn't doesn't mean that you're going to be happy. Right. And uh, I said, you know, you what you sh- what I would suggest is that you try to you know get a job that you're passionate about. Oh, that's cool. I said, you know, because, you, you know, even if you have a job that makes a lot of money and, it, and, it, and it, you're not happy, you're still looking at your watch. Is it five o'clock yet? Is it, you know, is work over? Mm-hmm. I said, and that's, you know, just because you get paid well for that doesn't mean that you're going to be happy. I said, you know, you do something that you love. I said, you'll never even look at your watch. Right, exactly. You don't want to be, you know, you know, just you put in a 14 live. hour day and you, you'll have zero complaints because you were doing something that you loved all day. Mm-hmm. And, you'll, and you're fortunate enough to get paid to do it. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I, you know, where I'm at. I probably could have done something that probably made more money. Mm hmm. But I don't know if it would have been, if I would have been content. Exactly. And it doesn't, I mean, it's got to be worthwhile to you. And it sounds like through being able to do something you're very passionate about and following your dreams that it's made you very happy. And that's worth more, you know, than any numeric like value. Right. Then Then having like, you know, whatever, a bigger house or whatever, like anything, you know, uh, monetary, you know, things that. Materialistic. Get with money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. But that's awesome. And so mm-hmm. so then you're like this cool rock dad. Like, do your kids just think that you're like badass? Or are they like, ooh, does the drums again? I don't know. Uh one daughter's kind of impressed with it. You know, my, my yeah, Anya, my stepdaughter, she she's impressed with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, she's you know, like whatever, something will happen. She's like, can't you just say that you're, you know, Johnny Kelly and it'll happen? I was like, it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> you're like name dropping myself doesn't yeah. always yeah. work, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, my other daughter, I don't think she's too impressed. I, she only saw me play for the first time. She came to one of my shows for the first time. The last time I played in New Jersey with Danzig. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So I guess that was what, like two years ago. Yeah, and I guess like your job is like take your kid to work day isn't really like always a thing, you know. <laughs> no, I mean I, I, you know, like you know, uh, now they're old enough where it's like I don't really have to worry about their well being all the time. Like right. when I'm, you know, when when they're at the, you know, at the show. Mm-hmm. And but she's always been worried. She's like, I don't want to get killed in a pit. Oh <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you think goes on at my shows? Yeah, you're like, it's not like we're sacrificing, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, and that's the thing too. Like, do you have you ever been like people being like, oh, he plays devil worshiping satanic music or something? Is no, usually happened? nobody really cares about what it is. Yeah. You know, like I've, they probably if they if they probably looked into it, they they might think differently. But for the most part, they're just like, oh, he plays in a rock band. Oh, that's so exciting. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. They don't, they don't even know. Yeah. They're like, do the thing where you hit the symbol and your yeah, hair yeah. is flowing, you know? Oh, it's like, so cool. Yeah. Fun. It must be so exciting to go to all these different places. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I've seen every shitty bathroom Town. all over this country. <laughs> You're like, every truck stop bathroom yeah, yeah, yeah. has been so glorious. Like, you yeah, don't even know. Ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah, but for the most part, like, uh, like with a lot of my, a lot of my friends, 
it's uh it's really more matter of fact than it is impressive yeah mm-hmm. you know it's like a you know you got the fireman the policeman the you know the, the whatever the plumber the this and that the teacher and the guy that plays in the bands yes <laughs> and the musician <laughs> you know yeah and now so now you uh, are teaching drums too yeah yeah i started i started um actually i started teaching when i lived in new jersey uh okay now, now a few years ago i started um a, a good friend of mine uh was a general manager at a school of rock oh fun and he was like why don't you why don't you teach and i was like i've never done it before i was like i, I don't have patience to sit there and you know work with children like that I was yeah like, you know it's different when Challenging. they're not my own kids <laughs> yeah it's so different oh my god is it so different yeah i was like i don't know if i don't know if i'm the i'm the right guy for that uh-huh he was like, oh, you should give it, you know, think about it. You should give it a shot. And so I thought, I was like, you know what? Let me do it. It was, it was close to my house. You know, it was a little bit of extra money. Right. Still and, something you like, you know, passionate, obviously. It, it wound up, I was actually, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Is it like so yeah. rewarding? Like, do you have any like extremely like proud moments as a teacher? Uh, Yeah, actually, you know, like when, uh, whenever I see, uh, whenever I see them make progress, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but you wind up, it's not like a, you're just like a regular like teacher at school. You find you find yourself getting caught up in their personal lives and stuff like that. And like, you know, not caught up like in a bad way, but they like they start opening up to you and they're like, you know, they tell you about all the things they did this weekend with their families and this and that. But what's going on at school? And mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, that's great. How about we play? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, OK. The so they out. don't they don't look at you so much as like you know like student teacher uh, that kind of dynamic yeah you know and uh there was uh one kid that stood out he was uh, uh i don't know what his story was exactly okay but there was something uh, different. I don't know if he was like on the spectrum, if it was like a highly functioning form of autism or something like okay. that. But uh, he was very young too. He's like only like five years old. Holy buckets! Yeah, yeah. That's super and, young. Uh, so like he would come into like his mother would bring him into the into the room and we'd you know we'd we'd be in the room together. He wouldn't even look at me. He'd like face the opposite way and like he would do everything else except play drums. Okay. <laughs> I was like, how? And I, you know, I didn't have it's any experience yeah. dealing with, you know, children like this and stuff. Sure. I was like, how am I going to work with this kid? Mm-hmm. And I would try to like, you know, like this, the normal way of like, here, like, you know, like, you know, you put your hands like this and, you, you know, you blah, blah, blah. It wasn't really getting anything out of them. Mm-hmm. And so then like one day I was just, I was playing around on the kit. Yeah. And I, I did something and he looked at me. And he, he thought about it for a second and then he played it. Oh, so he just like mimicked you, yeah. you know, like monkey see monkey do thing. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that's how I'm going to get through to this kid. Cool. And and it started it started paying off. And the, the kid, the last time I saw him, he's still playing. He's about maybe, I don't know, maybe like 12, 13 years old now. Oh, so yeah, he's it's playing been a while. And, and he's killing it. Oh, that's awesome. But it, it got to it got to a point where it was uh, like when he first walked into the room, he wouldn't even look at me. Yeah. Then I was getting high fives. Oh, that is like, like opening he, up. He really wouldn't. He really wouldn't talk. Mm-hmm. But he would walk in. I get a high five from him, and I get a high five from him when he left. Oh, okay. And then by the time I left the school, 
He was he was talking to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so it was this like like slow thing, but eventually yeah. opened up, and then eventually he kind of like honed his skills and came out of his shell a little bit. And yeah, that has to feel very rewarding. And and the kid turned out he's he's going to be a great drummer. Yeah, that's oh, that's amazing. And then you yeah you got to be like a really good influence. That's so I hope cool. so. <laughs> I hope so. From what I understand, like you know, like kids really enjoy working with me for some odd reason. Maybe you're cool. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, my own kids don't think I'm cool, but oh. other kids think I'm cool. <laughs> I feel like that's how it goes with parents, though. You know, you always think like, oh yeah, my yeah. parents are lame or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, right. Don't do what I suggest. <laughs> Don't listen to me. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just figured it out. Like, yeah, yeah. like that on the job training. <laughs> yeah. That's I, the I, same I, thing, though. Parenting I, doesn't come with a handbook either. Being a rock well, star doesn't come with a because, handbook. And yeah. And also parenting. because I have girls. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I was like, I spent most of your life avoiding telling you what I've seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. You're like, <laughs> I ooh, like, I was in a very. I was like, do not think for a second that I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's pulling one over on you. <laughs> That's funny. I said I've outpartied anything that you're <laughs> remotely capable of. That's why I said, remember, I were I toured with a rock band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, OK, so tell me about like that fame. Or I don't know if it's like a famous photo, but it's like an iconic photo of all you guys in typo and you're all cross dressing like I think like, oh, you, uh, yeah, I love that one. I think like that was my picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so I, I saw that and I've seen it shared around a couple times, like on different like uh, yeah, type I, of I, band I, pages and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I shared it on, uh, on one of the, the anniversaries of uh, Peter's passing. Yeah. But like, why, why were you guys cross-dressing right, or right, what that, was that about? What was that night about? I need to hear was, about this. <laughs> that was our last show on the Motley Crue tour. Okay. When we opened up, we were, we opened up for Motley Crue and we did like a whole summer in the States with them. It was uh, us, then King's X and then Motley Crue. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times uh, the bands, bands would prank each other. Uh-huh. Like, especially at the end of a tour. Sure. And uh, so uh, we weren't playing the last, the final show of the tour. We were playing the second to last show that was our our final show okay and uh like the night before they had uh, motley crew had like put like 50 chickens on stage while <laughs> king's x was playing or something like that it's awesome so we uh motley crew at the at the latter part of their set they would do like a it looked like a like a storytellers thing like a mtv unplugged at the time okay sure and they would bring a whole bunch of fans up on stage to sit around them while they performed on like bar stools, playing acoustic guitars and stuff. Fun. They were like, all right, we're going to get them. So when they brought all those people out on stage, we came out dressed in, in drag. Yeah. Dressed, dressed as groupies. Yeah. Oh, my God. And you're wearing like this like negligee, like white, yeah. like baby Actually, the, the, Yeah, right. So we, we knew that we had to do something. <laughs> so earlier earlier in the day. It's really hugging your pecs. I'm, I just pulled up the picture yeah, I'm looking at right yeah. now. It's like you can see your chest hair. And oh, wow. Rita, Rita, <laughs> Dimes, uh, Dimebag's girlfriend, Rita. She took us to to Target and like picked out our outfits and stuff, and, she, and she, she did our makeup and everything. And, and, 
That's wild. That's and so awesome. yeah, so then like so they bring everybody on stage. So we're, we're dressed in uh, in you know whatever lingerie, and we smeared ourselves with cat food. <laughs> and uh, we did a whole bunch of different stuff, and they would like you know we were just torturing them while they were trying to sing. Oh my god, you're just trying to yeah. get them to like crack. But yeah, they did crack. We left Mick Mars yeah. alone. <laughs> we we left Mick alone, and then after after the show. Right, because like we were smeared with cat food and stuff, so we stink and we're like, you know, rubbing up against them. Oh, ah! Mickey! Oh, you're like doing the graffiti thing. That's yeah. so funny. Oh my god! And uh, one of our crew guys had bought, went to a pet store and got a like a a hundred crickets, oh. and he put them on Tommy Lee's snare drum. <gasps> Oh. And Tommy hit the snare, and the crickets went everywhere, and all the all the fans are freaking out. Oh my god, it's disgusting! God, stop! <laughs> yeah, oh just, my god. it was just total chaos. Anyway, that that was from that last night, and that was yeah. That's yeah, that's iconic. That definitely sounds like one for the record books. It was it was a lot of fun. It, it was uh, I was um, at the time I was uh, moving, so I was I was uh, going through boxes and stuff. Head in storage, and I, I came across all these pictures. I was like, oh, I got, I got, I got to put this online. I was like, I knew I had pictures of them. Yeah, somewhere of, from that night. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was that. That's what that was from. I found the picture. I was like, oh, I got to put this online. Yeah, it's you know, so fun. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think people really like dug it too. I've seen because I've seen that not only on your page, but I've seen it shared around another like fan page yeah. things or whatever, just being like. Yeah, <laughs> it's just because it, what's funny is it's like it's so not what you would expect from us, right? Exactly, because it's all like tough, like oh. Like, but if you know us, and if you like, you've hung out with us. You, it's everybody's clowns. We're all clowns. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they, you know, people that knew us wouldn't be surprised by that. But yeah, people that don't know us, they're certainly taken by surprise. That's so funny. What's what was Peter like? Because like I I only really got into typo after um like I'm a lot younger for I think a listener of okay that era. So I didn't really know anything about him until he was already gone. Unfortunately, okay. Um, but, but what was he like, Peter? You know, I've been saying this a lot lately in interviews, and I I always I always believe this about him. He wanted to be a normal person so bad. But he couldn't. He couldn't be one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he loved like normal things. He loved structure, uh, routine, okay. regiment, and uh, but he couldn't do that. Like he couldn't. He literally could not go to the corner store by his house without something crazy happening. <laughs> like he would tell me, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I got mugged." He got mugged. Yeah. Who would mug him? He was exactly huge. like a bear person. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, when you got mugged, I was like, well, well, I'm trying to remember the story, but I remember him telling me he got mugged. I was like, who would fucking mug you? Yeah. Big dude. I was like, did you, did they, you know, did they rough you up or anything? He's like, no, no, they just, you know, they, they just gave him money. <laughs> And like, you know, like he would tell me this, these things like, you know, like meeting girls, meeting women at the corner store. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. you go. You know, like if anybody should have written a book, it, it should have been him. Because <laughs> I mean, seriously, like he really couldn't do anything without something insane happening to him. Wow. 
weird that that yeah. was just how the universe worked for him. Yeah, and it was like, uh, like uh, say, like we're playing a we're playing a club. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than nine out of ten times, like Kenny and I could go to the bar and have a drink and have zero issues. Right. You know, some people would come up, say hello, like, you know, want to shake your hand or like, you know, whatever, get an autograph. Or, yeah, or, yeah. Normal stuff. Buy you a drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we, we could hang out there all night after the show and it would have fun and it, there would be no issues, nothing. But Peter would come out. It would be like, he's like, you know, like whatever. He would be asking, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're going to the bar, have a drink. Why don't you come to the bar? Let's hang out. We're not leaving for a few hours. I don't want to go on the bus yet. We're like, all right. And he come out for like two minutes. And he's be like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> because then it, then it became like, like it would become, you know, like the freak show. <laughs> so he couldn't literally just sit at the bar and just like, you know, have a casual conversation, you know, and just hang out. So he would hang out on the bus. Okay. But uh, really he was, he was a really funny guy. And he was, it was always joking. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always sarcasm, always jokes and stuff, and not what his uh, music uh, portrayed. Yeah, because the the you music know. is so like dark right. and kind of heavy and very right. That um, was uh, stylized. That was, like, that was one uh, you know aspect of his life. You know, and that that's how he would, you know he expressed that you know through his music and his and his lyrics. You know, that was one aspect of his life. But his his day to day stuff was usually uh, involved a lot of clowning around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was uh you know before I shouldn't even say before like you know before things got bad for him got you know that got tough for him. Mm-hmm. You know, with substances and stuff like that, and getting in trouble with the with the law. Mm-hmm. Uh. But even that kind of stuff, he would joke about it. Like uh, Glenn, he told me once, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, Peter called Glenn. Okay. Dancing once. Yeah. And Glenn was like, he goes, I saved the message for years. Uh, Peter had gotten uh, uh, arrested for parole violation. Okay. And he had, he had a felony, so he got arrested for a parole violation. And he calls Glenn. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you know, it's Peter. He's like, uh, you know, whatever. He goes, um. He goes, uh, instead of playing bars right now, I'm behind them. Oh, <laughs> okay. So he's still, yeah, making fun, poking fun, even right. in a situation like that. Has a good sense of humor. Right. Always, always trying to, you know, wait for the punchline, mm-hmm. get to, get to the punchline. And that's, that's how he was. Yeah. I can only imagine how close you guys all got after touring and stuff for years and, playing that many shows together and yeah I, it would go up and down uh like uh when we would finish we'd finish a, a tour say like the end of a an album cycle you know like where we had toured for a long period of time we wouldn't call nobody would call anyone for weeks <laughs> you'd be like i don't i've had enough of you yeah <laughs> And the same thing, too, like when a record was finished, like when we finished working on a record, that was the really tough part, I, I always thought. Trying to make records, because it really did. It, it took it took chunks of you mm-hmm. with it, you know, emotionally, you know, mentally. 
making a record was like this really challenging, uh, mentally destroying, you know, uh, endeavor. Wow. And so like the minute my drum tracks were done, I would literally disappear from them. I didn't want to talk to any of them. Whoa. Yeah. Cause I, I was so wiped out and it was the same thing. Like, you know, nobody, the record's done. We'll see when we have to do press. Yeah, you're like, I need to recharge. Yeah. Like, the battery is on low. Yeah. And need yeah. a break from you guys. Yeah. And everybody was like that. Nobody wanted to talk to each other because it was that, it was that draining. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're pouring a lot into making an album, I imagine. Yeah, you're putting your heart and soul in it. Yeah. And, uh, and the fights that go along with it and all that stuff. It, it would just, it was just very, uh, very draining. That's the only word I could think of. Like you <laughs> physically and mentally exhausted. Yeah. Spent. So then did you, did you like touring more or playing shows, obviously more than probably like writing or tracking or yeah, coming up with absolutely. Stuff? Because it was, uh, uh, you know, the, like the hard work was done. Yep. So now it was just a matter of just going out and, uh, performing what you've what you spent all that time working on mm -hmm. and it was uh, more muscle memory than it was oh, I, I have to come up you know with a cool drum part for this song right and yeah it's you not already like, did all the I hard work to, right it's not like i have to i have to come up with this new, cool drum part for a new song every night <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not yeah. like that no <laughs> Yeah, and then and then it's like you're just getting to play for fans and yeah. having that like energy exchange, and your people are coming that love your music. Or that's it. That's to me. That's when the fun started. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. It changed a little bit when uh, as I got older and had more responsibilities, mm -hmm. like being away from my family. Yeah, is that hard? You know? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. You know, I would miss them terribly. And uh, I remember my daughter when she was like a toddler. I, I would call home all the time. And be like, hey, you want to say hello to dad? And she'd be like, no. Oh, no. She wouldn't talk to me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then when I get picked up at the airport, she would see me, big smile, dad. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the out of sight, out of mind thing. But while I was away, she hated it. Mm. Well, she hated me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you guys get along now? Like you said, she just came and saw you play uh, like Dan like that show for dance like a few years ago. Yeah, we, yeah, we get along better now. Yeah, we get along. Okay. Yeah, I, I like to think that we have a good relationship. Okay. Uh, she is a teenage girl. <laughs> good luck with that. Right. She's, she's 19. <laughs> So, and, you know, she goes away to college now. Mm -hmm. So I worry about her being away at school. And. You're like, no musicians, please. <laughs> oh, God, no. I was like, if you learned anything. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, that's that's the only thing. You know, I just I just worry about her uh, making the right decisions. Mm hmm. Uh, for both of them, you know, and um, and it's 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 rough, like with the with the virus and everything. You know, it's, uh, staying at home, yeah. 
I haven't seen my daughter since like February. Yeah, that's right. And so she's not going uh, to school near you then? No, no, I'm in Texas. She's in New Jersey. She goes to school in Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, she's, she's been, you know, home. And uh, the way things are going, I don't know if I'm going to get to see her. I'm going to help her move into her dorm mm-hmm. in August. So I know I'll see her then. Cool. So yeah, so you're like, at least I'll see her at that point. But yeah, it has been a long time uh, of this going on. Or, you know, it's starting to feel long, I think. Yeah. Because um, everybody's just so cooped up and stuff. But and like usually, you know, since I, I mean, it's funny, since I moved down to Texas, I, I would go up to New York frequently uh, for work. Sure. And uh, I would see my, I saw my daughter more since I moved to Texas than when I lived <laughs> 45 minutes away from her. Yeah, isn't that funny how that works? You know, because you're like, oh, I'm in town. You got to make a point to get right. together because I'm in town. And, yes, and yeah. that, she would do that. And yeah, I was like, I was make like that this effort. is great. And you're like, well, when I was just, you know, like <laughs> we could get together for dinner anytime or whatever, it would, yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it'd be like, hey, you know, are you doing anything later? Yeah. Yes, I'm busy. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Very, too yeah. busy for you or whatever. Yeah. That's the how teen- it is. Mm-hmm. Teenage girls, very busy social lives. Oh, yeah, mm. got to be. Yeah. So, uh, but now, you know, since this happened, I haven't gone up to New York. I've been, I've been in Texas since February. Yeah. Just hanging. Yeah. And, uh, so I haven't seen her. I have uh, my, my whole family is still up there. Sure. Um, I haven't seen anybody. Yeah. And so you grew up on the East coast and you were kind of with all those East coast people. Like how would, do you think there's a really big difference from music that came out during the time, like, you know, when, like, Typo was, like, rising and uh, coming to, you know, kind of their fame. Um, was there a difference uh, between the East Coast and, like, the West Coast people? Uh, I mean, yes, there's definitely, uh, you know, there's definitely a, a cultural difference between the two, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, uh, but with Typo, it's very hard to... I always felt it was very hard to categorize them. You know, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear typo negative and you say, oh, that's a, that's a New York band. Yeah. You, you hear typo and you're still trying to figure out what the hell is it? <laughs> yeah, it is like its own thing. Definitely. Own, and especially back then, you know, in the early 90s, it, it literally, this, this could be said about the, the band's entire career. It was trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Right. It never really fit in. I mean, look at the bands that we toured with. And it was it's like, where does Typo fit in that? And we were able to get fans from everyone that we toured with. Yeah. Going from Nine Inch Nails to you know, Motley Crue. I thought Motley, going out with Motley Crue, I thought it was, I thought we were going to get killed. Oh, you think, you thought people wouldn't like it? Yeah, I thought they would hate it. I was like, why would, you know, you know people... People that like kickstart my heart would like, you know, I know you're fucking someone else. <laughs> I feel like metal fans can be very diverse. Though. I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I really do. I really do feel like that. Um, yeah, because and, and you can like metal, but you can like so many different kinds of it. And they're they're all yeah, so different. I was, I was always like that. But I didn't expect there to be, you know, the numbers, the number of people. 
that would be, you know, like me. Hmm, that's cool. You know, because I, I could go to, you know, a Slayer show. Yep. You know, and, and love it. And then I, I could go see, like, you know, like Cinderella or, you know, go see the Chromans. It mm-hmm. didn't matter. You know, if I like the band, I like the band. Then, it, it, you know, I did like all kinds of different stuff. And uh, I just wasn't prepared for the response that we did eventually get. You know, I, I thought that we would go over well with like, you know, like with the dancing crowd. Yes, obviously. Uh, I thought we'd do okay with, with Pantera. Mm-hmm. And Reich, I thought they would hate us. <laughs> and yeah, the same thing, Motley Crue, uh, Nine Inch Nails, they did hate us. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. They, they, absolutely zero response. Oh, damn. <laughs> nothing. Not a boo, not a clap, nothing. Well, at least they didn't boo. <laughs> right. They, they did. They completely, all they wanted to do was see Nine Inch Nails. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that kind of, it. you can't blame them about that because Trent was Oh, no, so I don't big. begrudge them for yeah. it. Uh, but when you're in it and you're trying to perform for these people, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's so that funny. That's so funny. Yeah, because I think my all time for me personally, my all time favorite band is Nine Inch Nails. But you guys like Typo is like is in definitely my top five. Like, okay. I equally yeah. love Typo almost like nearly as much the same as Nine Inch Nails. It seems like people that like Typo are very passionate about liking Typo. Yes. You don't find too many uh, casual typo, typo negative listeners. listeners. No, yeah. no. <laughs> they either like, you know, love it or if I, and the people are like, well, you know, what band do you play? Like, typo negative. Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, people either don't know what it is, like, it'll be like, oh, like, name your favorite bands. And I'll be like, yeah, like, I'll start, like, you know, name it all, like, it's a typo. Yeah. And they're like, what's that? And I'll be like, yeah. oh, just you wait, like, let me play you something. Right. And, and then, it, it's always been like that, you know, since, since day one. <laughs> you know, I, I was one of those people. I, I, well, I, uh, even though I, I only, uh, like, you know, I worked for the band a couple of times and stuff, I knew all these guys for years. Right. You know, we, we all come from the same neighborhood. Yeah, y'all grew up together. Uh, yeah, we all grew up together. And uh, I played in a band with Kenny since I was, like, 16, 17 years old. Yeah, now you guys are um, Seventh Void. We were Seventh Void, and now we're doing Silver Tomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think musically we'll always be attached to each other. That's nice. And uh, but, but, yeah, we've been... Best friends, yeah, it's, like it's, lifelong friendship. That's right. so awesome. And uh, when Typo first got together, you know, and I heard what they were doing, I heard the demos and stuff, and yeah. I was just like, "Holy shit, this is <laughs> this is amazing!" You're and when just the, jazzed about the, it. When right when I got the when I got the tape, you know, I was like, "That's all I listened to in my car, yeah, forever." That's awesome. And uh, like the the first record is still my favorite typo record. Okay. Even though like even though I'm not on it as a typo fan, that's my fir- that's my favorite record. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. And uh, yeah, it, it, to me it was the most. It was like very honest. It's very painful. It's very doomy. And especially the climate of what was going on back then, uh-huh. that did not fit anywhere. There was no way that that's, any of that record was getting played on the radio. Oh, yeah. It was way too obscure for it to be picked yeah. up mainstream. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, but 
so so anyway, the point I'm making is that I was one of those fans. It was like it was, they were like my favorite band for a while, and then I uh, I meet a lot of people that are like that. Either they know it and they're very passionate about it, or they don't know it at all. Definitely. I share so many like typo negative memes, like on my, <laughs> on my page. Oh my God. I share them all the time. Like I love it so That's much. Funny. Yeah. So much fun. And I, I, I made a post the other day where I was joking. I said, when I'm done with my modeling career and I'm done posting <laughs> like hot pictures of myself on the internet, I'm going to turn my account into just like a typo fan account. And then I'll just share <laughs> memes of you guys. And I was like to my followers, I was like, I hope you guys stick around because I'm just going to be like sharing these awesome memes, like, and you better just hang. You know, <laughs> it's, it's funny. And people loved it. People were like people because I was like, why do you I, I did a poll? I said, why do you follow me for like the, the hot Internet girl posts or the typo negative <laughs> memes? And it was like equal. And then people were DMing me and they're like, I follow you for the, the nudes, the hot nudes, but like <laughs> equally for the typo negative memes. Like, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> like these are the fans that I want. Like, you know, they can hang like I mean, it's. It, <laughs> I, I, I truly find it incredible that it's 2020 and people are still talking about the band. Yeah. Like when, when Peter died, it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And who knew what was going to happen? I mean, obviously the band was finished, but we didn't, I never expected that, you know, 10 years later that people would still like, you know, be so passionate about the band. Yes. Like I still see people getting new tattoos, you know, getting the own negatives. Yeah. You know, and it's it it just keeps it keeps going, and it's it, it's it's I find it incredible that it was like that's I've realized that we we made a mark. Definitely. Well, I think typo is so unique. You know, because like you said, you're like trying to think about like where it fits in with these other bands or how you can compare it. And you can't really because it is so much of its own thing. Like, it's just so unique. Yeah, it is. And. But like I had said previously, when you're in it. And you're just doing your thing, you're not really thinking about that at all. Right. Like, you know, nobody was thinking, oh, wow, like, you know, I wonder if people are still going to like, you know, this record 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're sitting there thinking after this tour, that's it. This band's finished. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. After the show, it was always that was always in the back of everybody's head that this is going to end any minute. And that's that's how we always treated it. Sure. And who knew, you know, 10 years later, people would still be talking about it. And, oh, yeah. I think definitely it's, it's carried on. Like, it definitely, um, yeah, I think. It really has. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I believe that. Like, I just, I fucking um, got into collecting uh, albums during the quarantine because I had, okay, a, I had yeah. a friend who was like, oh, you should start collecting vinyl because that's like a good like pastime mm-hmm. and hobby or whatever. And I was like, yeah. And I, I'd always moved around so much that the idea of having a bunch of records to like pack up and move around never really seemed too appealing. <laughs> but I'm kind of, I'm, you know <laughs> I what got, I mean? I got, I got a story to go along with that, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, my friend like helped me pick up my um, 
my like turntable and stuff and then they're like well what's mm. your first album that you're gonna get on vinyl what is it gonna be and i was like it's gonna be bloody kisses like typo negative like that's my <laughs> that's my favorite typo album so and like he was like wow like bold statement and i'm like <laughs> yep that's my first album so i scooped that up and then within like two weeks i found um uh october rust but it was like the green edition like that clear green Vinyl. Okay. I'm and trying to remember because some of this, uh, some stuff, like there was, there, there were things released that we had no idea. About. Yeah, you'd just be like, but I, I found it online and I was so jazzed about it. It's a did beautiful. You pay a lot of money for it. I did, but no. I don't care. It's worth it. It's all worth it. You know, I hate that. Typo has like this special place in my heart. I'm like, shut up and take my money. Um, it has a special place in everybody's, you know, wallet. <laughs> yeah, it's more rare now, definitely. Because like I, I, like I was blown away when i when they did the first box set yeah and i saw how much money they were going for i was like you've got to be kidding me oh yeah easily mm. i mean like i didn't pay i didn't pay crazy amount for october rust i think i got it like uh on ebay or something i think i paid like two 200 or 250 for the album but there you was see, to me that's a lot of money that is a lot of money for an album um but, but there were some that were going on there for like a grand like that's insane and i'm like that's crazy i'm like i don't know if i'd spend a thousand dollars on a typo negative record well no i probably would i like, would honest, not <laughs> as a fan i you know if i if i had it just laying around i'd be like why the fuck not um but yeah but i got it it's this like clear translucent green and it's like so beautiful mm -hmm. and you put the album on and you hear so much more in it mm. um i don't know i i really liked it like i really enjoyed it so those are like two um, that's that's one thing like uh like i i missed about uh i guess like the last 30 years yeah it's the whole record buying experience yeah and like the hunt of it and stuff and you know it sucks because like all a lot of the bands that i like like they're not they don't print you know there's not new things unless you get lucky with like a reprint or something you have to go yeah. find the thing that you want and it's like this you know this hunt you know you're on the hunt for well, that one thing it, you want yeah you have to hunt for it because there's there aren't there's limited copies that exist in the world and it's well, like that and the outlets them. the outlets where the where these things would be sold yeah yeah because record shops very limited yeah. there's a record shop there's, uh, here uh, i live in uh i live in like north dallas okay in a town called uh, aubrey mm -hmm. and the, the, there's a denton is a bigger town that's like i don't know like 15 miles away and i just saw a thing on the news my wife sent me a, a link to it. There's a big mom and pop record shop there in Denton that's closing down permanently now because of the because of the virus and oh you know, the lockdown yeah they and stuff. they couldn't have, yeah they can't yeah, stay they, afloat they, oh that fucking sucks and uh, and I've been to this record store and it was huge mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a huge record store and uh, like I would tell like you know my daughter and like you know my niece and stuff and it was like said you guys totally missed out on this i was like you know like i was like going to the record store was like a religious experience oh it definitely is mm -hmm. i was like when i was a kid i was like you can get lost in a record store for hours yeah <laughs> i was i i went to like my first real record store hunt like this week because they reopened mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. and i didn't get into collecting vinyl until the pandemic happened so i was just buying everything online but yeah. i went to like one store and the music that they had there would be like really great if i was like you know, a dad and like my 
like fifties or something. It was all like, hey now. <laughs> where is this place? <laughs> yeah. You want to come look? I mean, cool. Uh, no, but I, but I mean, just more like generic, like classic rock. Yeah. Um, kind of stuff, you know, not like the more obscure metal and stuff that I'm into. Gotcha. Um, Actually, it was the, when I, my daughter came down for a visit, mm-hmm. like last year, and we took her to Denton. And I, we went to the record store. There was actually, there's two record stores in Denton. Okay. Which, oddly enough, we took her to this one record store, and uh, I bought her. A Fleetwood Mac record. Oh, good, good dad, <laughs> yeah, good job, yeah. rock dad. That's yeah. a, that's great. Fleetwood Mac yeah. is awesome. Yeah, she she was like, I didn't know that she really liked Fleetwood Mac. Oh, and she's like, oh, Fleetwood Mac. I was like, you know who Fleetwood Mac is? And she's <laughs> like, yeah. And she went to go see them with her mother uh, last year as well. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. So yeah, so it was it was cool to have her you know, there. And I was like, trying to explain to her the whole thing of like, you know, like I said, it was like a religious experience yeah. going there and like, you know, finding that record. It's like, totally. And I was like just a kid in the candy store at the second one. Cause they had a really broad, like obscure metal collection. And so right. I was just going through and I was like, Oh, like add it, like picking this out, picking that out, picking this out. And then I was like, okay, I have to save some of these for next week because it's like, now I'm like going to, you know, drop a couple hundred dollars on vinyl otherwise. And like, that's, it's like an expensive hobby. I'm like really thankful. I don't, I'm happy. I don't do any drugs or anything like that. Cause I'm like, (laughs) you know, like my recreational money is just going to vinyl. Yeah, it is music. (laughs) That's your vice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. uh, I, yeah, I got, um, not this past Christmas. My wife got me a turntable the Christmas before. Oh, that's a lovely gift. So, that's so awesome. I it, so I hooked it up and I'm like, oh, let me go through my vinyl. And all my vinyls from like 1984. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's vintage. It's, it's... Yeah. And my mother, like you were saying, you know, like uh, when I moved out from yeah. my mother's. Yeah. I had left a bunch of stuff there and she was like, you better get this stuff out of here. I'm going to throw it out. I'm no. going to throw it away. Don't throw and the she records she threw away. it away. She what? Yeah. No, your records? Yeah. Oh yeah, my mother doesn't oh. play games. Oh, oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> she's like, I've been. Is she Italian? She's... Yes. Yeah, then she really doesn't play any fucking games. <laughs> and uh, she was like, she's like, I've been telling you for years. She's like, you know, you didn't want, you didn't listen. Oh so my I god! I threw them out, and my grandfather saw that she threw them out, went out to the garbage, <gasps> brought them back in the house. <laughs> oh good! Oh thank goodness! Thank you, but grandpa. But half of them, half of them were gone. Oh, because people had Ooh. rifled through them. I have no idea. They probably I, I did. I mean, if I saw a bunch of cool old records in right. an alley, so, I would so then take I, them I, out. I, then I grabbed them from my mother's house. <laughs> 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 then I went and picked them up and brought them, finally brought them home with me. You, know, you all should, the, all you the moving should, around I've you done. Should, you should know <laughs> she doesn't play. <laughs> I know. I, I, she, she's been like that since we were kids. <laughs> right, right. It's a lifetime of, <laughs> yeah. of Italian, strong, you know, independent Italian woman. That- oh, yeah, she's tough. <laughs> Gotta love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's tough, stubborn Italian woman. I mean, I love her, but she's, yeah. she's just way too tough. Just, <laughs> way too tough. Yeah, too Says much. the guy <laughs> who plays in the metal bands. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my oh. mom's so tough. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, that's fun. That's so fun. But yeah, so then you have to move with all the vinyl and stuff, and that never yeah. that never seemed appealing to me. But now I don't care, and I'm like, yeah, this. No, is I, fun. I don't care. But it was funny. So I like I, I set up the turntable, and I start pulling out records, and I'm listening to records, and I found myself doing the same shit I did when I was 15 years old sitting there looking at the cover looking at all the liner notes again and stuff yes. and just just listening to the record while it was playing and just getting just getting caught up into it like i did when i was a kid it's so different than listening to something on like spotify or like you yeah. know playing it from your laptop or in your car even yeah. it's spotify so to me is, is uh it's it's background music yeah you know, it's not something that i get consumed by yeah no, I love taking the album out and looking at the art and like like all of it. It was it was it's it was beautiful. All, it all worked together. Yeah, like cohesively. And, and, and now it's like with the, you know with the digital with the digital age. Yeah, and you it's, know it's what? It's become very expendable. I don't know if that actually makes sense for me because I find myself really liking older music and there's not a lot of new stuff that comes out where I'm like, oh, I really like this. And I don't know if that's because I'm getting older and I'm getting like kind of stuck in my ways. Like I try to I try to be open minded. You know, it's it's my think, job. But I don't to think to be, that music is as good as it was. Like it doesn't have it doesn't <laughs> have an edge to it anymore. Yeah. And I don't and like like you said, you know, it's like when you make an album you're pouring your soul into it. And then, you know, you're thinking, obviously, there's also things going on, you know, how is the album art going to, you know, come into this and everything's very cohesive and it's like a yeah. whole package that you're putting together. And now everything's digital and it just feels like not as soulful and it feels like it, a little more it, hollow. It seems that way. Or expendable, yeah. you know, because it's like, oh, it does. It's, it's, it's like it's we don't disposable. even. It's like we don't even need the drummer because we can fucking use a drum machine and <laughs> record the drums. Ourselves. Why the fuck do we need a drummer? The only time you need a drummer is when you're playing live, you know, to get the, the crowd amped up and stuff. Um, it's it's. But doesn't uh, that seem it's, hollow? It's That's very hollow to me. I don't know. It, it does. It, just like the the way that all of it's presented now, and. Uh, with that come I think part of that comes down to money. Sure. And now there isn't there the money isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with like the digital, everything going digital yeah, and such. Because like you, you could uh you know, years ago, I could stay home for six, seven months a year. Right. And just work on a record. Yeah, because the record, yeah, you now need to be making money off of records, and then you can make money touring, too, obviously, but depends right. on, you and know, how you're getting booked and stuff now, like that. Now it's like you can work on music part-time. Right. And when you have a part-time effort, you're going to get a part-time result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that also part of it, too, is like, you know, like the days of rock stars, I think, are gone. Oh, uh. You know, like the, the things of uh, the, the people that we look to as rock stars were rock stars from 30 years ago. Right. You know, like, look who came and saved rock and roll the last, what, three years. Guns and Roses. Mm-hmm. They saved it. They, they without a new song, <laughs> <laughs> without a new song, they came back and, and saved it. Right. And there, who is next in line? Who can you think of? In the current the current age, 
that can take their that can take their spot. Nobody really. I mean, it's not Who's like there? that. Like, oh, uh, there's not. And that's... it doesn't. It, it's it doesn't. It's not that kind of movement anymore. Mm-mm. Because now in the digital age, everybody's more accessible. Like Axel Rose is still. There's still a mystique about. Him. He's not on. He's not. On, he's barely on social media. Once in a while, he'll do. He'll he'll pop up with an anti-Trump statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but that's it. But you don't have access to him like you do most people now. Like most most bands now have to be on social media, have to be accessible, and yeah, they have to have their image and yeah, be like. But that's their image of being accessible. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't like that. You know, for many years. Wow. And now, like, uh, you know, concerts, even concerts now, you have access to them as they're happening from miles away. Yeah. Uh, different countries. So you, even that, like, you know, like, oh, I can't wait to see Judas Priest. I wonder what their stage show is going to be like or whatever, like, you know, what they're going to play. Because you didn't, there was too, there's too much, inf- so much information now being, you know, passed around. Yeah, it's not, it's instantly. not like a, mis- there's not like a mystique to it anymore, you're right. Right. And Typo has like a mystique to it, like, as, well, we were, as a we band. were right at that edge of that digital age becoming so prevalent, you know, the, the last time we did a tour, Facebook was just starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't even think there was Instagram or, or Twitter or anything. It was MySpace. <laughs> yeah, MySpace. Oh, shout mm. out MySpace. <laughs> but there wasn't, there, there weren't so many uh, social media outlets for stuff as there is now. There was some message boards and stuff, but sure. it, it wasn't as, uh, you know, like a mainframe wow. as it is today. And and at that point, it, you still had you know like people were still going to see live music. Yeah. Can you give me any really good like crazy rock star moments stories? I want like a wild uh, story. Nobody has given me a wild wild story yet. Uh, I don't know if they don't want to self incriminate or what. I'm, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> I mean, you know, because like it, it, what what happened as the as time goes on and is is like when you do stuff. Like, and you're in that environment every day for years. Yeah. The crazy stuff becomes normal. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, this isn't even, this is like so, the new normal. So now you're trying to figure out, like, when you get asked this question, is like, what really stands out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're like, it all blurs together. And you're like, yeah. that was, that was like, you know, five years mm. of that. Like, just being like. Yeah, that's, uh, I, all right. One of the craziest stories. I pretty sure i've told it before all right we're playing in uh we're playing in memphis at the new daisy theater okay after the show everybody's hanging out on beale street we all go to bb king's and we're watching albert lee's son play at bb king's cool night having fun uh the crew winds up this girl goes back to the bus with one of the crew guys Mm-hmm. That goes back to the crew bus, one of the crew guys. The guy from the, the bass player from the opening band was very drunk as well. Some reason thinks that that's his girlfriend tonight. Oh, okay. 
So, so he just goes on the bus <laughs> and says like, you know, where's, I, I mean, you know, whatever, where, where's that, where's that check? Yeah. The, the crew guys don't recognize him. They're like, get the fuck off the bus. Mm-hmm. And he tries to make a run to go to the back lounge of the bus. Anyway, they kicked him in the face, beat him up and threw him off the bus. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So now there's this whole big fight in the, in the parking lot. Yeah. The buses around and stuff. Everybody comes out and we're all like, all right, let's just calm down, you know, whatever. And Peter and Peter's like, you know, telling the guys from the other band, look, you know, get this guy out of here. He's like, you don't want to get kicked off the tour for this. It's not worth it. Right, right. You know, let's just call it a night. Everybody go home. It was a misunderstanding. Let's just forget it. Yeah. You're like this little bit of tail is like not worth right. like canceling, you know, or at the end of the tour. Right. So anyway, that the bass player, he was like, you know, whatever. He was cool, like, you know, for the rest of the tour. Okay. The last show was in Rhode Island. We're in uh, Providence. Okay. During our show, right, he had it out for our sound guy. Was, our, our, oh, our front the, of house mixer. The one who got the girl? That one? I think so. I don't know. I wasn't there when they got the girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just saw them fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was at the bar. <laughs> yeah. I was at BB King's and yeah. I saw her leave. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know who she was with. Okay, I'm wondering if it's that grudge still. That's the and grudge. It, it was. So anyway, while we're playing, we're at like kind of towards the end of the set. We're playing Christian Woman. Yeah, great song. The, the bass player sucker punches our sound guy <laughs> while he's mixing and starts fighting with him. What? It knocks the knocks the console over and stuff like oh, that. Jesus. You know, we have no idea what's going on. We're just playing. Yeah. We're walking. We finish our, our set. We're walking to the bus because there wasn't any dressing room in this place. Okay. We go to the bus. And as I'm walking to the bus, I look over in the coat check room and I see the bass player from the opening band handcuffed to a pipe. Oh. <laughs> like... Damn. So I'm like, hey, there's the bass player. Uh, I was like, Why is he handcuffed? And then, so, many uh, questions. You know, so then everybody comes to the bus and they're like, yo, this is what happened while you guys were playing. And we're like, holy shit. Yeah. And they were, the cops were going to arrest him. Well, sure. They said, you know, they, they, they told our sound guy, you, you can press charges, but you'd have to come back. You'd have to come back to Rhode Island. Oh, my God. Who wants yeah. to go back to Rhode Island? Right. So he, he lived in Florida. He's like, I'm not coming back to Rhode no, Island. No, yeah. It's like, it's not that big of a deal. Not yeah. worth it. Right, the guy's just an asshole. Yeah. It was a punk. It was a punk move to wait until the last day of the tour. Yeah, and to, to while sucker he's, punch him while, while he's, he's working. Right, oh, yeah, to sucker punch him. Yeah, yeah, that's dumb. So that was another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, very crazy. Mm. Right, but that's like shit like that happened all the time. Yeah. And then when you when you when you're dealing with stuff when you when you're experiencing things like that all the time, it doesn't become crazy anymore. No, yeah, you're like this is standard. What's weird is it's like you know, when, when something doesn't happen and it's just like a regular normal day. Yeah. You just you're like go something's do your wrong. Show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. There were no fires to put out, there was no issues, no fights, no you know, nothing. We just went set up played our show and left yeah <laughs> funny 
you know, the bus didn't go on fire. The, yeah, <laughs> it didn't break down, didn't right, have there a were mishaps like that. There were tons of mishaps like that. Yeah. Uh, but somebody reminded me of a, a time our bus did go on fire. Oh, no. Yeah. I totally forgot about it. Our bus got hijacked. What? Yes. Got hijacked? <laughs> yes. Like, 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 how? We were on tour with Queensryche. Okay. And in the middle of the tour, uh, like back then, like you, you would tour with a band for a couple of months. Yes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, you know, like, like a few weeks and that was it. Sure. Know. And where so was we, the tour? It was in the States. Okay. We were touring in the States. Uh, in the middle of the tour, Queensryche took a two week break. We're just taking, taking a break. And so that was in, we were in Washington, I guess where they're from. Mm-hmm. And then the next show was two weeks later in Texas. So we fly home and then we went to Europe for those two weeks. And we, 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 we toured in Europe and then came back. So the, the, the bus driver basically, he has two weeks. You have two weeks to get to Texas. Yeah. See you in two weeks. Sure. We meet him in Texas. The bus is all fucked up. And uh, <laughs> like a bunch of our shit's gone. No. Like, a, like, a, like personal stuff. Like yeah. a, all the stuff that we left there. Oh, like what happened wow you'll never believe it i I got kidnapped (laughs) you got kidnapped yes jesus i got kidnapped what do you you mean he was like yeah he's like i was parked at a i remember i mind you this is literally 25 years ago and i can't believe that i remember this yeah he was like i was parked at a wendy's (laughs) and this girl knocked on the door and so I opened the door. And when I opened the door, somebody was on the side and sucker punched me. They came onto the bus, hogtied me in the background <gasps> of the bus. <gasps> so much and then, like, and then stole the bus. Holy buckets. And they, they crashed into something. Oh. And then uh, they drove with the emergency brake on. Oh, no. Yeah, they, they got from, uh, uh, right, he was in Vegas. This was the, he was making his way down to Texas. He was in sure. Vegas, he said. And he said they drove from Vegas to Barstow, California. With an emergency break on? With the emergency break oh on and stuff. Oh, my God. How did they, they not like, notice? They were like, what are we going to do with this guy? He's like, they, <sighs> they said they were talking about killing me. And no. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> and, uh, so they stole, like, 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 we had all left stuff there knowing that we were just coming back. And yeah. We'd come back in a couple of weeks. What did they steal? Was it, like, gear? They, they took... They took no. They they didn't take any gear. They took clothes, what CDs, what? Yeah, shit like that. Yeah. Like just they hijacked this tour bus for like basic shit. Yeah. Yes. That doesn't make any sense. They're really bad yeah. criminals. Then. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And I'm supposed yeah. I'm supposed to ask you about hookers and blow. Okay. The greatest band of all time. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's um. That's uh. Me along with uh, Mike Duda from Wasp. Oh, Wasp is great. Alex Grassi from Quiet Riot. Oh, fun. This is fun. And, okay. And Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses. Okay, yeah, this could be. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a great. And combo. Uh, basic basically, it's a uh, it's a cover band. <laughs> yeah, fun. Oh my gosh. And uh, when. Uh, 
like uh, Disney's been doing it for like 15 years. Disney and Alex, you know, Mike's been doing it a long time. I've been there for I don't know six years now, seven years. And uh, when everybody would have time off, we'd go out and play clubs and bars and stuff like that. You know, have some fun with it. And uh, we recorded a record last year. Cool. <laughs> we, we did a record. Yeah. Sick. That's awesome. And uh, we've been releasing singles every few months there's there's one single coming out on uh when is it look at my calendar on monday N- next Fun. monday oh good yeah. uh bowie cover uh, ziggy stardust oh that'll be great oh that'll be yeah. a fun one yeah so we've been like every couple of months we've been releasing the record company's been releasing singles of it and then uh probably by the end maybe by the end of the year or so we've going to release it, put everything on an album and release the album. Cool. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, we've been doing that on, on and off for years. Yeah. And, uh, that sounds excellent. It's a lot of fun. I think, really um, is. I feel like you guys you, in different bands you played in, you've played a lot of covers. And then I saw that you were also in like a, like a Led Zeppelin, like tribute band. Yeah. That was court. when I lived, when I lived in, in New York, uh, did that for years <laughs> we Fun. Played, played together for years and that was always like we, yeah we played like locally like in the bars in brooklyn and stuff hell yeah just and, having a good time uh, yeah, that, yeah it was that was a lot of fun and it was basically with, with people i grew up with yeah you know guy uh bass player went to high school with the bass player you know the guitar player i knew his older brother lived on my on my block Oh, that's so fun. So I knew him since I was like, I don't know, like 10 years old or something right, like that. Right, yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. like you're just playing good music you like with people yeah, you grew up with. Yeah, we all love Led Zeppelin and we would play shows. Yeah, you know? easy and, as uh, that, you know, sometimes yeah. it's that easy. <laughs> yeah, and it would be like, you know, an all-nighter thing and it was, it was a lot, a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, obviously, like, Typo has covered a bunch of songs and... Um, yeah, it, it, Typo, it was definitely a, a different approach. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I was explaining this to my students who play covers. Mm-hmm. Working, I teach at a school down here a couple of day, a couple of days a week also, called the uh, Sound Foundation Dallas. Cool. And I'm working with this young band. They're uh, like uh, between twelve and like fourteen. Mm. And now they want to start writing their own material and stuff, which is cool. And that, uh, but they play a lot of covers. And I was explaining that I was just explaining this to them yesterday. Yeah. I was saying that, uh, like you know, like with with typo, what we would do is we would we would take a song that we were going to cover, and we would uh, we would change it up in a way that it was. Um, how would this song have been had we written? Yeah, typoified. <laughs> you know, like we would take a song that whatever song whatever influenced us, like a Black Sabbath song. Yep. And. Uh, we would uh, change it up. We'd put our own our own spin on it, and it would be like, "This is had we written the song, this is what it would have sounded like." Even though it's a cover, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know the lyrics are the same, the chord progressions are the same, the arrangements the same. Well, for the most part, the arrangements the same. But it would be like, you know, this is how we would have done it. Yeah. Instead of just like a you know like a like your your usual uh, like cover band bar band stuff where they're yeah, trying like to replicate through. every mm-hmm. every note, you know, we just had a different approach on it. We made it our own. I love that, and, and I think that's the that's you know, like it just it turned it they turned around and 
became like this really unique thing. I mean, you could recognize it as a cover, but it sounds like typo negative. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what was that's what that was by design. That's what we wanted to do. Very cool. Aww. So I was trying to like you know like pass that on to the, to these kids, saying like you know. You, know, you have a thing that you you know you guys you know that seems like your comfort spot like your identity and then you can take these songs that you like and you kind of make them your own thing instead of trying to you know, recreate them and we'll we'll see what happens next week oh fun <laughs> when i see them we'll see what happens yeah yeah gosh yeah the saga we'll see if, we'll see if they buy into the philosophy okay <laughs> <laughs> So cool. Aww. But, uh, but some of that, like even like Guns N' Roses, like, I mean, not Guns N' Roses, Hookers and Blow, we play yep. Guns N' Roses songs and stuff. And they're not exactly alike, you know, like the whole set, uh, the whole set is basically all covers. We started doing like the last year, last two years, Dizzy did a solo record. Mm-hmm. And so we've done like the, the set is mixed up between covers and Dizzy solo record. So it's, it's, it's kind of starting to take a little bit of a different turn. But even the covers that we do, it's kind of us playing them. You recognize them, and they're kind of similar in a way, but it isn't note for note trying to recreate it like a like a cover band. Right. You know, we're interpreting it a little differently. We expand some stuff, jam out a couple of different things. You know, having fun with it. Yeah, you gotta have fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. If it's not fun, like I said, you know, I could do something else that makes money, probably, and most likely would make more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that's pretty like, much a no brainer. This is a labor of love. <laughs> It is. It really is. And like, you know, like to get in a van and drive like, you know, 400 miles yeah. to go play a David Bowie and a Stone song. Yeah. You're either out of your fucking mind <laughs> or you really enjoy what you're doing. And really with, with that, with that particular group of people, the drive is the best part of the day. I like love we that. literally drive hundreds of miles. The radio never gets turned on. Right. And that's that is literally the best part of the day. And if you spoke to anyone in that in that band, what's their favorite part of Hookers and Blow? It'll be the van run. They <laughs> <laughs> get in there. That's funny. You know, like uh, one tour we did, we did a we did a tour. We we got a bus. We did a bus tour, mm-hmm. which was great because we had a we had this bus. We had it wrapped, and it said Hookers and Blow on the side of the yes. bus. And we're driving we're driving around the country on a bus advertising hookers and blow. blow. Oh, that's, that's wild. That's just a riot. And it was, it was the best PR ever. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we would stop, we'd it. stop at like a Walmart to like get stuff or stop, stop at a gas station to People fuel like, up. Whoa. And you'd see all these people getting out, all these, all these girls and stuff, Woo, taking pictures. Look yeah. at us. We're hookers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> One time I'm walking, I'm walking to the bus uh, I'm leaving Walmart. I'm walking to the bus, and there's this woman walking by with her young daughter. Uh-huh. And her, as I, I overhear them, and the daughter's like, Mom, what's hookers and blow? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> and she just, she just grabbed nightmare. her hand. She just grabbed her hand tighter and was just like, just keep walking. Yeah, don't look. <laughs> don't look. <laughs> Move along. Oh, my God. That's you know, funny. It was, it was, I mean, it was very awkward. I mean, it's funny, too, like when I'll, I'll talk to my mother. And be like, yeah, I got dates coming up, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, with who? Oh, with hookers and blow. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's nice. Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> like, so, so awkward. Yeah, yeah you're like, all right, mom. Oh, like with my kids, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, 
hey, dad has to go. Yeah. His, you know, his band hookers yeah, and blow. I'm, go- I'm going to California this weekend. Oh yeah, with, with you know for what? I got hookers and blow dates. Oh okay. <laughs> See you when you get back. Oh my god, it's so fun. <laughs> That's so fun. We did. I I brought my stepdaughter on the bus. We were touring and we played in Dallas. And uh, we were to- we were touring with the, the Dead Daisies. Uh huh. And so everybody came out to the show. Anya came by, like she came down early, saw, uh, came down for sound check and like, you know, say hello to everyone. And we had her on the bus and we did a scared straight. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Good call. Good stepdad. That's like a good stepdad move is what that yeah. is. So we were just hanging Number out. Like, you know, like, we were just hanging out, you know, just bullshitting, you know, just talking and stuff. And I was like, I know exactly where this is going to go. Yeah. And she, her eyes were popping out of her head with the, the stories. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, Alex is looking at me, like, you know, like, he's like, too much? I was like, yeah, tone it down. A little bit, you know? <laughs> he's like, all right. Oh, my God. That's so fun. <laughs> and then we're driving back. Right? We, I went, we went home in between Soundcheck and the, and the show. And Anya's like, she's like, are they really like that all the time? You know, time? <laughs> they really party like that? I was like, yeah, yeah. Yes. I think she prayed for them for like a week. Wow. Funny. Oh, my God. That's so cute. It was. It was really funny. That's funny. Yeah, it was a total scared straight moment. Excellent. Like, you know, the kids go to prison. Yes. Yeah, they just, yeah, they just, Yeah, I brought her on a tour bus. Oh, my God. That's so funny. You're like, this is the reality. This is what rock and roll will do to your life. Never, never date a musician. Don't touch a musician. Not even (laughs) once. Don't even look at them. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Is there anything else that you want to talk about or are there any other things? Uh, Like, obviously, you said like Cookers and Blow has stuff coming out. Right now, actually, with everything that's going on, I actually have shows scheduled for this year. Sure. Which is pretty. uh, So what's coming up? Chill Devil Hill has a, has a handful of shows coming up in the uh, in all the the coronavirus hotspots. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're playing in Houston, Jackson, Mississippi, Baton Rouge, and uh, Fort Worth. Okay, coming up next month. Wow! Wow! Which, uh, soon. Holy buckets! It's yeah, it's it's really soon. I'm gonna and, have to uh, see. Like you'll, I, I mean, maybe I'll follow up and ask how the shows go because I'm wondering what live music I'm is hoping, gonna look like. I'm hoping they don't get canceled. Yeah, you know, because like now, like especially in Texas, they just rolled back some of the, yes. you know, the phasing in of opening up. Yeah, because it's like the places. second spike is coming or whatever. We haven't yeah. been like curving like we're supposed to. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, Hookers and Blow has has a couple of dates in September. Okay. Around the uh, around the fifth, sept- around September fifth, playing in uh, playing in Vegas. Fun. And Hollywood at the whiskey. Oh, excellent! That'll yeah. be that'll be fun. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah. Yeah, we play Damn, there. maybe I'll come out for that. That would be cool. Well, let me know if you want to come out. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a fun show, really. It's, I go to it's, LA all the time, um, and that would that would be really fun, and that's a good Where venue. Are you? I'm in I mean, Minneapolis. Oh, okay. Wow. But I travel all the time for work. Yeah. So I'm in like different cities, like, you know, every month. Um, I can go wherever I want to, essentially. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah. Well, be careful in Minneapolis. There's a lot of stuff going on yeah, over there. Yeah, dude. Oh <laughs> my gosh. You know, I had podcasts line up interviews, but I had like was too distracted with all the stuff going on. And it was like five minutes away from my apartment and stuff. And I was like, God. It's I, terrifying. Yeah, it was like a war zone. Ooh. You know, you see like tanks driving around Ooh. your neighborhood and stuff. And like, they, yeah. The Have National you heard anything? Here. Is uh, First Avenue okay? 
First Avenue's fine. Yeah. Okay. There, I mean, there was a shooting there this past weekend or like on that block, but there's like kind right. of shootings downtown, like semi-frequently. Yeah, that neighborhood's a little tough. It is a little on, tough. On a, on a regular day. Yeah, on a normal day, yeah. then let alone with the the um, kind of polarization that's going on right now, just kind yeah. of uh, is emphasizing yeah, I got, the I tension. A, a, I, got a, I got a Minneapolis story for you. Yeah, tell me about mm-hmm. it. We're on tour with Pantera. Me, Kenny, and Dime were in a taxi cab. Okay. After we played the Target Center, I think. Fun. Yep. Big venue. And uh, after the show, it was snowing out. Yep. We took a cab. I think, I'm not sure where we were going. I have to say that we were probably going to a strip club. Hell yeah. That's the, it's, it's usually, we were going to some bar or something like that. And it was snowing out. And Dime wants the uh, the cab driver to start doing donuts in the car. Oh God. Like in yeah. the snow. Yeah, in the snow. <laughs> You know, I want you to get this car sideways. Yeah, Fast and Furious, Minnesota yeah. edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the guy wouldn't do it. And they wound not. up like, uh, Dime gave him like a hundred bucks and we were doing donuts oh in Minneapolis. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you're just like practically wiping out. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Oh yeah. my gosh. I hope the taxi driver had four-wheel drive. <laughs> like, no, it was, it was a regular cab. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was getting all over the place. Oh my God, fun. We, we were loving it. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, the last time I, I think I played the last time I played uh, First Avenue, chunks of the ceiling were falling down. Yes, yeah, they did have that problem. They, yeah. they, the the roof or the ceiling literally did cave in on a dance party night that was mm-hmm. happening, and like, yeah, like I think it injured people. Like seriously, like, I think people are yeah. hospitalized, um, which is so crazy because that venue is so iconic, and they make I feel like they make so much money that they should just keep it fixed up, but. You would think. You would think. You yeah. know, we know how these things run. They like yeah. to get those profit margins. I mean, I, I hope, I hope that it, uh, I hope that they could stay open. Oh, they will. They're still yeah. open. And yeah. what's that? What the myth? Uh, the myth. I think that closed down. That was in Maplewood. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't think it's open anymore. But okay. yeah, First Avenue. We have this newer venue called the Armory, which is actually really good, and a lot okay. of metal shows have been playing there. Um, that's All right. nice. I haven't been to Minneapolis. Then I played the last time I was there. I played the myth. Okay. Yep. Definitely. Uh, yeah. um, Kenny, Kenny put a chair in the ceiling. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. So we had to pay for that. Oh shit. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh my yeah. goodness. That's wild. See, like these, uh, this is every day. Like, yeah. you know, like I was yeah. saying, it goes back to it, you know. You're like, this is normal. Like donuts <laughs> in the fucking, in the cab, in the cabs, and brawls, yeah. and, you yeah. know. Oh my God, that's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll try to come out if you guys are playing the whiskey. That would be fun. And I go to well, LA. Let, let me know. I'd love to meet in person. Yeah, would, would same thing. Yeah. It'd be really awesome to see you play live. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was just a little too young to go to shows when you guys were obviously like in your, you know, in the height of yeah. that and stuff. I wish I could have seen. Here's Ty another Mobley Minneapolis live. story. God. Here's another one. Uh, yeah. There was this other club. I forget the name of it. It wasn't in the city. It was outside of Minneapolis, but it was considered Minneapolis. Okay. And they Maybe had. It was in St. Paul or something like no, that. No, it was in Minneapolis. No, it was in Minneapolis. Okay. It was. Uh, there was a, a divider. Right down the middle of the of the dance floor, huh? A, a barricade. Okay. And uh, one side was uh, underage. The other one, the other side was twenty one and over. Okay. This is with typo, and we're playing right. The show's over, and uh, you know we're all pretty drunk, and so it's like the very end of the show. We're making lots of noise, like you know, ringing out that last note and stuff like that. Peter sure. comes over to the drum rise, comes over to the drums, 
and he starts hitting the cymbals with his wine glasses. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Uh, 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 one of the one of the glasses, right? Of course, it shatters. Oh gosh, yeah. And a, and a piece of glass, I watch it whiz right by my nose, <gasps> and it cut my arm open. Oh my god! <laughs> so much rock, so much roll. Yikes! So now, like, so the, so now, like, I'm bleeding. You're bleeding. Uh, I'm bleeding. I'm sweating, <sighs> and uh, I get off stage, and I'm like, what the. Peter. You're like, I didn't literally want my blood, sweat, and tears into this band, like, literally. Like, he, goes, he goes, he goes, he's like, I didn't really expect them to break. I was like, Peter, you're hitting cymbals with glasses. With glasses. Yeah, that's fun. My and my goodness. tour manager's like, he's like, you know, we really should get some, you know, we really should go to the ER and yeah, get, you know, get that get stitched that up. up. Yeah, especially if you're on tour. And I was like, Mike, I was like, I'm hammered. They're not even going to give me any kind of, like, you know, local anesthetic. They're not going to put any drugs in my body with, with how with drunk booze, I am. Yeah. I was like, they're going to they're gonna stitch me without any, any anesthetic. I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you're like, pass. Where's the super glue? Let's I was like, let's, glue. I was like, let's get a butterfly bandage and let's, let's call it a night. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's going to be bad. Needless to say, that didn't work. Like, it was like, it, like... This was when, uh, like, I think we were touring with, I think we were touring with Motley. No, we weren't touring with Motley Crue. We were just doing a club date, club dates. Fun. Right. We played there with Motley Crue and then went back there and headlined on our own. And, uh, like, every night, right, I'd, I'd have, like, you know, butterfly bandages on it to try to keep the wound closed and oh stuff. Oh, my God, try to keep it closed. apart. And then I like we'd play the show, we'd play, and I'd start sweating, and then the band aid would come off, oh, and I'd no. start bleeding again. Oh no! It's like a vicious cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took like it took like two weeks for the cut to finally close. Yeah, to heal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, That's regenerate. A, another Minneapolis story. That's how I remember Minneapolis. Yeah, you have some yeah. good Minneapolis stories. That's for sure. I'll try to bring if I come to the show. I'll try to bring a little bit of Minneapolis with me. <laughs> Great. <laughs> You're like, please don't. Bring, I'll make sure I have band aids. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Johnny. This was right. awesome. It was really thank a pleasure. Thank you. I had to a blast. A lot of fun. Yeah. Thank All you, right. and have a All great right. day. Thank you. You too. was Johnny Kelly, drummer of Typo Negative, Danzig, A Pale Horse Named Death, Silver Tomb, and Kill Devil Hill, joining me for the sixth episode of That One Suicide Girls podcast. I'm Penny Suicide, your hostess. Huge thanks to Johnny for joining me today and taking the time. Really appreciate him. My next guest is Chris Trainer, guitarist of Bush, formerly of Helmet, and Orange 9mm. Tune back to hear what he has to say, and in the meanwhile, stay safe out there, and thank you so much for listening, and have a good day. Bye!